0: Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Father, in the name of Jesus, I have nothing to say unless you speak through me. God, I'm asking you to do that today. Lord, there is, for me, no greater task than to stand up here and to declare your word. So, Father, I ask that you anoint me today. And, Lord, nobody's too far gone, God. No matter what anybody's facing or what they're going through today, Lord, nobody's too far gone. Nobody's a lost cause. And, Lord, may we remember today Lord, that we've been rescued and not become so routine and just so, well, you know, it's not, it's just, I'm, I'm a Christian and I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'll go to church uh, three times a month. Um, but God, we realize the miracle that you have done in our lives. It truly is a rescue. A rescue From Satan, a rescue from sin, and a rescue from self. And Father, I thank you today. May this gospel never grow uh, ordinary, simple, and plain to me. But God, may I always look at it in the light of the miracle that it is. And Father, we give you praise and glory for it all. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Turning your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 13 and verse 14. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and verse 14. He has rescued us. Now, there's two types of people. I'll just stop right there. He has. Either he has, or we believe here at Remnant he will. So maybe this morning you're standing there today, you're sitting there today, and you're thinking, I uh, I don't know, I I don't, you know, I don't know if I've even fit this service today. Yeah, you do, because there's only two people here today. There's people who have been rescued, and there are people who are going to be. Rescued. You either fall in one of those categories. You're either lost or you're found. You either you either are are dead or alive. You're either in darkness or you're in light. And there is no mixture here today. I don't want to come to you this morning and make some something light of what the what really is the facts. You either go to heaven or you go to hell. You're either you're either isolated from God or you are have been reconciled to God. There is no in between. So he has rescued us, or he will rescue us from the domain, from the domain, from, from the uh, uh, power, from the authority. One translation says, from the kingdom of darkness. He's rescued us from, the, and I want you to hear these words: how rich they are. He has rescued us from the domain, from the authority, from the kingdom of darkness. And he has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves. So he's transferred us. uh, He's rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. He's transferred us into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And then the next verse says this. In him. Who? Who? In Jesus. In him we have redemption. Redemption. That word redemption is important because it means to be bought back, to to be redeemed. And we have been redeemed with what type of currency? What? The blood of Jesus. The death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. We have been redeemed and we have received the forgiveness of sins. So we've been bought We've been bought from from where? From from what? Maybe. Maybe. maybe first of all, from where? Well, the, the verse before that tells us we have been redeemed from the kingdom of darkness. From what? What were you before you got saved? Oh, some will say I was a crack addict, or I was uh, this, or I was, I was that, or I was a fornicator, or, or whatever. But more broadly, you were a slave. The Bible says you were a slave. What were you a slave to? You, you were a slave to the kingdom of darkness. You were a slave to sin. You were a slave to Satan. You were a slave to yourself, to flesh, to whatever you wanted to do, wherever you wanted to go, whatever you wanted to say, and you thought you were in control. But Were you in control? Were you in control of your life? No, you were a slave. You were led around. You can call it what you want to, but you were led around. You were told what to do. You've done what felt good. You've done done what seemed good. You've done what felt right. You've done what you even would say. You you, You would do what you felt right in your heart to do. And then the Bible tells us that the heart is wicked above all things. You are a slave to sin. You are a slave belonging to the dominion of darkness under the power and the authority. Of sin. You were a slave. The Bible tells us we were bought. And paid for. By the life and the blood of Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 4. Verse 3. It tells us. Paul is going to tell us. You you were a slave. In the same way we also. When we were children, we were in slavery under the elements, the spirits, the principles of this world. Come here. <laughs> it said we were in slavery under the elements of this world. Oh, what does that mean? It's a system. This world it has its own system and we were a slave under this system this system that does not work this system that only produces bondage that only produces slavery that only produces sin and, and, and it says we were a slave under this element what, what, what kind of what kind of system am I talking about I'm talking about the system of performance if you read this in the if you read this all in context, Paul is saying you were a slave under the system, the cause and effect, the performance system of this world where you tried to do right and you tried to get free and you tried to be a better person and you tried to be a better mom and you tried to be a better father, but the more you tried, the more you failed. Come on, somebody. And you, the thing you were looking for, you could never find. And you tried to get yourself free and you tried to get yourself out of this system that you're in, but you could not do it. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? You tried to be a better person. You went at night Sometimes you lay down at night and you just thought, tomorrow I'm going to do better. Tomorrow I'm going to be better. Tomorrow I'm going to go do this and I'm going to try that. The whole time there's a God-shaped void in your life that only God can fill. And you try to fill it with everything else and you try to become a better person. But you, God's not looking for a better person. God's looking for a brand new person, a brand new creation that can only be brought about through the blood of Jesus. The same way we also when we were children were in slavery under the elements the spirits the principles of this world. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 said you are in the kingdom of darkness. Every kingdom that's much of a kingdom will have a fence around it. I like the kingdoms personally. We have it too here at Remnant Church. Um, When it rains, a (laughs) moat. A moat. I like that. That's pretty cool where they got the moat around it and then they got the, you know what I'm talking about? Any kingdom, walk with me. Any kingdom that is a kingdom, I mean really, it has a gate has fence. In fact, you look at Nehemiah when he went back to to Jerusalem, what was he building? He was building the walls and he was building the gate. And the Bible says we were in the kingdom in the domain, in the kingdom of darkness. So you know what I think about automatically? That we were in a place where we were locked. There was a gate, there was a fence around us, and we were locked inside. That thing, the Bible tells in Matthew. And you, if, uh, hold on just a minute. And, and and gates are not offensive. They're defensive. They don't fight. They just say a gate and a fence. When when you have a gate and a fence in front of your house, you know what you're really saying? If you got a gate, you're saying, uh, you belong out there, and I belong in here. Right? I mean, that ain't what you're saying, and... If you can come in here, if you got the code or the access to get in here, all my stuff belongs to me. It's inside this my little kingdom. You got a little kingdom. If you got a fence, you didn't know it. Now, you're going to look at your picket fence today and think, this is my little kingdom right here. This is my little kingdom. And it's because it's on the inside. So I want you to think, this man, this man here, he's a sinner. He is. Oh, you're a sinner, man. You are in the kingdom of darkness. You are walled up and there's a gate in front of you. But let me tell you something. The Bible tells us in Matthew that upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We think of that as some kind of offensive, that gates are, that are some kind of offensive weapon, but they're not, they're just marked territory. And what, and, what, and what the gospel is saying there is this. There is no place you can go. There's no lock that you can get locked up with that God does not have a key to. The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. There's nowhere this gospel cannot go. There's no, there's no person that Jesus cannot save, that he cannot reach. There's no place of hopelessness where God can't give you hope. You understand what I'm saying? In the same way, we were were in slavery under the elements, the spirits, the principles of this world. But verse four, when the time came to completion, God sent Jesus. Born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law. So that we might receive. So that we might receive. (laughs) Adoption as sons. Hold on just a second. You can sit down. If I was to. Thinking about slavery and minding. If I was to go to redeem somebody that is already a slave, and I decided I'm going, right? we've read that, right? That I'm going to redeem someone who's a slave. I show up at the auction, and I pick out Joe. And I say, I'm going to make Joe my slave no i don't say that i just buy you i put you go to auctions don't you cars you know what i'm talking about i just say i'm giving uh six bucks uh for joe okay 550 550 let's be realistic 550 depending on what kind of auction we're at right If it was a single women auction, now they might give more. Joe's a a very eligible bachelor. But that ain't the kind of auction we're at. And I and I redeem Joe. I buy him back. I go to the slave auction to buy Joe. What is Joe going to become? A slave. Right? If I'm purchasing a slave, I'm not purchasing a slave. If, I go to show, if I'm at the slave auction, I'm going to get a, a slave to become my slave. If I go to the car auction, I'm going to buy a car. Not just to sit it up in, 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 in my yard and to say, you're no longer a car no more. No, I, I bought the car at the auction because I'm either going to sell it again or I'm going to drive it. And so what? look at this. But Jesus shows up at the slave auction. And you say, well, I don't. I ain't never been a slave. You were a slave to sin. Right. You, we were all at this auction. We were all on the auction block. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. Jesus shows up and says, I want Joe. In Joe's mind, Joe says, well, I guess I'm going to be his slave. But that's not what happens. Here's the story. Here's the gospel. This is the story of the gospel. Jesus buys us off the auction block of slavery and of sin not to make us a slave but to make us a son. To redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as Sons. Can you imagine? I got my slave. I set him right here. He's thinking, and I get him right here. I say, listen, listen, this is what's going to happen. I got some paperwork over here. I've signed it with my blood. I'm not looking for you to be a slave. I'm not looking for you to work for your relationship with me. I'm not, I'm not looking for a slave master relationship. I'm looking for a son. I'm looking for a daughter, and he grabs you off the auction block of sin, brings you into, you ain't never been in the house, but he brings you from the yard into the house, and he sets you down and says, I don't want you to be my slave. I want you to be my son. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? Listen, if you're a slave and you work hard and you do good, all you'll ever be is a slave. That's all you'll ever be. If you work really hard and you do everything right, the only relationship you'll have with your master is a slave. That's why works don't work. But if you'll fall on your knees and say, God, I need you. He'll take you from a slave to a son. Take you from a slave to a son. Verse 6. Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit Of his son. Come on back. You can have a seat over there. You're going to be up with just the whole time. Just stay here. Because you are sons. God sent the spirit of his son. Into. Our hearts. Crying. Abba. Father. Verse 7. Verse 7, so you are no longer a slave, but a son and daughter. And if a son, then God has made you an heir. Glory. Do you hear this? God not only wants to rescue you from the auction box, but He wants to give you everything. God wants to give you everything that, that Jesus paid for on the cross. You are a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Everything that Jesus paid for. On the cross, now you have access to, from a slave to a son. This is a rescue. There's an Old Testament story of this preacher by the name of Hosea. The prophet Hosea. The Lord tells Hosea, I want you to go marry this lady by the name of Gomer. I'd have a problem right there. (laughs) I have never met an attractive Gomer. Never mind. He said, I want you to go marry Gomer. Well, God goes on to say, and she's going to break your heart. She's going to betray you. She's a woman of promiscuity. She's not going to be faithful to you. You know what Hosea does? obeys God and he goes and marries this woman by the name of Gomer takes her as his wife everything seems to be going okay she has this terrible reputation things seem to be going okay but as time goes on she begins to be unfaithful to Hosea. She begins to run out at all hours of the night and stay gone. And so much so that he's not even sure that the kids that she has bore him, that he's, he's not even sure now that he's the Father. she gets mixed into the wrong crowd and winds up sold in or going to be sold as a slave sex trafficking and you know what god told hosea to do he finds out that his wife is in this situation he, she already belonged to him. He was, that was his wife. They had made a commitment to each other. And it would have been easy for him to say, I'm done. I have made a mistake. I thought I could change her. I thought she was going to get it right. I thought we could do this thing as a family. No, but that's not what he done. The Bible says he went back to where she was to the slave auction. and He's seen Gomer chained up, tied up and he bids the highest price for his wife to bring her back well this is a story of Israel but this is also the story of me and you you see God I got all kind of stuff today God (laughs) wants to don't let me get your finger (laughs) set you free. Now, now notice, notice I didn't take a key and undo a lock. No, I snapped a chain. Because when God sets you free, he sets you free. Here, here's the problem, though, like Gomer. We start picking the chains. Huh? Is this true or is it not? We start picking the chains back up. What? Why would we do this? There's two types of people. I lie. There's three types of people in here. There's 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 the person who has never been rescued. There is the person that has been rescued and then there's the person who has been rescued but is picked back up their chains. Yes. A son going back to be a slave. Sound familiar? That's the story of the prodigal son. He leaves his father's house, his father's son goes and goes out and sins and lives a, a riotous life, spending all his money, and then he attaches himself to a man to become his slave, and he finds himself down at the at the trough that the hogs eat out of as a slave. But the whole time he's a son. So there's those who've been rescued. There's those who haven't been rescued yet. And then there's those who have been rescued. Pick their chains back up. Well, I wrote down three reasons that I think someone would refuse rescuing. The first reason I believe someone would refuse rescue who would had rather stay in their chains. You say, who in the world, if they knew that they could get rescued from slavery, would stay in their chains? Are you kidding me? I preach every Sunday to people who walk in chained up and they walk out chained up. So why? What would keep people in chains? What would cause people to refuse rescue? The first first reason I believe in is the main reason: pride. Pride. I don't need rescue. Ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm not as bad as so and so. Do you know my brother? He's a lot worse than I am. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know so and so? Do you know that person in your church? Oh, preacher, I don't need this. I got it. I got it. I know I'm not perfect, but I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person. Know what you are is you're full of yourself, and you're so full of yourself that you you ain't got any room for Jesus. Do you see? And you're full of pride, and pride is the reason that hell enlarges itself daily to make room for people who think they have it all together, one day finding out that they were lost and undone without Jesus. Pride will take you to hell. Pride will cause you to say, Oh, I don't need no help. I don't need rescue. The next next reason I, I believe will cause people to refuse rescue is acclamation. The chains wasn't that bad, were they? I mean, they kind of you kind of started liking them, didn't you? Being told what to do all the time. Uh getting just used to bondage and being deceived that there is no other way. Come on, somebody. You know I'm telling the truth. My daddy used well, he still does, but I used to coon hunt with my daddy. And when we were training dogs, young dogs, we would trap coons in a trap one that they would walk in, a very humane trap. We would fix uh, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and cut it in fours. And we'd take that, that that little piece of peanut butter and jelly and we'd put it in there in the trap. Sometimes you'd catch other things. But the, what we were looking for was the raccoon. We would go and there he would be and doing all that and, he was mad. You know, one time, I'll never forget, we trapped this raccoon. Something happened. Because what we would normally do, Robert, is we would let, because it was a it was a puppy. The dog was a puppy. So we would let the raccoon out of the cage, out of its trap, and it would run off. And in about 10, 15 seconds, we would let the dog, turn the dog loose. So it would be a hot, track you could he could smell it you see not not complicated help makes it, it trains him he gets better and better that's the idea well something happened we didn't go hunting for several days and this coon stayed in this trap well we went to take the coon out we opened the little thing for the coon to walk out and guess what He wouldn't get out. He had become acclimated to the trap. He forgot how good it was outside of bondage. Oh, don't you know he loved climbing trees and eating berries and pooping out in the wild? I don't know why I said that. I mean, I guess he used it in the, I don't know. And maybe in my mind, I thought he held it in the trap. I don't know. But anyway. But he wouldn't get out. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to and said, I'm okay where I'm at. You offer them rescue and they say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. The chains become Jewelry. The sin becomes an excuse. What will cause a man to refuse rescue? I believe acclamation. And then this is the third thing I believe will cause a man to refuse rescue, and that's procrastination. Maybe tomorrow. Right? They hear the gospel that we've preached, the message. The words from scripture. And the Lord is dealing with them, tugging on their hearts. But I can't tell you how many people have said, "Mm, I heard what you said, maybe next week. But you know, you're not telling me that. You're telling your rescuer that. My question is, and God is so much more merciful and gracious than I am. But how many times will he fly by? How many times will he stop at your location and offer you rescue? And you deny it. Well, I know it, I, I, I know he's gracious and merciful, but I also know what he tells me plainly in his word that today is the day of rescue. Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow. Is not guaranteed. This afternoon is not guaranteed. Today is the day. God is flying by. I picture when I think of rescue, I think of somebody just on an island by themselves, and you've ever you've seen that, right? And then the the plane comes by, and they're throwing stuff up in the air, and they're shouting, and they're jumping up and down, try to get this trying to get this plane's attention. I just see that kind of reversed. Jesus is coming by. We used to sing a song uh, in the old church. It says, it's kind of the same thought. Reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. You'll find he's not too busy. To hear your heart's cry, see his path. Sing by this moment, your needs he'll supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as he. Goes by. And I don't know if that's because it's old and it brings up memories or if that's the Spirit of the Lord, but I feel it right now so strongly, church. <laughs> that God wants to rescue people this morning. And maybe you've tasted rescue and you know rescue this morning. Maybe you've picked up some chains and maybe God is saying today, would you surrender it all to me? And I felt this in my spirit so strongly this past week that there's so many people who are carrying around chains that God has set them free from. They're carrying around bondages that God has already set them free. They didn't have to pick it back up, but they picked it back up. But I'm telling you, reach Out and touch the Lord as He goes by. You will find He's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. See, He's passing by this moment. Your needs He'll supply. All you got to do this morning is reach out and touch the Lord. You know what? The gospel is not man looking up to God on their their own. No, it's God looking down to man, seeing man in condition. The gospel is that a man can't even look up to God, but God is looking down at man. I'm telling you, don't walk out of here in bondage. Don't walk out of here in chains when you can walk out of here free. Don't let acclamation, procrastination, or anything keep you from walking in freedom. God wants to take you from a slave to a son and daughter. Stand with me all across the building, musicians and singers. God been dealing with me this week about complete total surrender. I'm going to ask you, there was a question asked this week, and I'm going to ask you the same question this week in Celebrate Recovery on Thursday. The question was this, what is keeping you from doing the will of God? And I want to ask you this morning, what is keeping you bound down and chained up? Hard to be a it's hard to be a ambassador and a church that makes an impact if we're walking around telling people about freedom. It chains on us. Am I right? It's hard to tell somebody, hey, let me tell you how you can be free when I'm in chains and bondage, when I'm addicted to porn, when I'm I'm an alcoholic, when I can't, I don't love church enough to come more than three times a week. I don't, I love God. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you how we're a house of miracles, yet I can't even get there. Why? Why? Well, all right, I really got no excuse. I just got a bunch of chains. I'm not here to make you be my friend. I'm here to tell you the truth. And Paul said, do you hate me now because I tell you the truth because you loved me at one time? And I don't understand what Paul's saying. Do you hate me now because I tell you the truth because later you won't hate me? If there's anything in your life, let me hold those again. If there's anything in your life that's weighing you down, you need to come down this altar tonight, today, and you need to throw it down at the feet of Jesus. Some of you say, well, pastor, I've done that. Well, do it again. This is not baseball. This is not three strikes and you're out. This this is keep going, keep pressing, keep moving, keep trusting, keep believing. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, Lord, I open up these altars. I open up these altars. Old old school. You know what's down at these altars? If you look at them, there's tears down on these altars. There's tear stains. I can see them. They're all over the building. All over this altar. If you stand on the side, you can see them just covered in tear stains. This morning, may the altars never be dry. May the altars never be dry. May, May they be filled with tears of people crying out to God in repentance. Throwing down their chains and their bondage to Him. I'll open up the altars.